Welcome to Important Not Important. My name is Quinn Emmett. And I'm Brian Colbert Kennedy. And this is episode 25. That's a quarter of a century. Quarter um, of a century of episodes. Yep. Uh, hey, Brian, today we're asking middle school physics, lame or the first step on the way to becoming an actual superhero? Let's hope the latter. Yep, yep. Man, our guest today is uh, the self-titled The Physics Girl, Diana Cowering. We got The Physics Girl. I know. Uh, quite the coup. Pretty excited <laughs> about that. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, wow. You can find her over on YouTube she, and everywhere else, but YouTube's a place where I think she has like a billion lis- listeners, subscribers. With a, with a B. I think it's B. I do One believe billion. it's I do it's I do believe it's billion. Not surprising because their videos are incredible. They're man, it's a it's a it's like the best kind of black hole, you know? I'm serious. I'm about to my whole day will is gonna be gone. And I'm and I'm pumped about it. It's like the educational version. I mean, I guess it's edu- I just feel like sometimes I click on Wikipedia and right. it's like I'm looking up like someone in corporate business's name. And five clicks later, I'm reading about the War of 1812. I'm like, what, ha- what happened? It's, it's great, so though. It's so fun. Anyways, she's so, uh, she, I mean, so many followers. She must be so powerful. That's like, that's like a real platform for change or whatever you want. Yeah. To she could do anything with those. I mean, what if she could literally, what if she wanted to start advocating for crazy things like personal submarines, right? <laughs> or... Or or just like just saying, or riding dogs to work or right or fuck it yeah now fuck stop signs fuck those she'd I'm have on, like an army of people <laughs> but, and you would be right online oh I would be there for sure number one army army man yeah sure that's the title that's actually the title, that's right? the rank yeah number one <laughs> army man Jesus <laughs> anyways the good news is at least she's got an education uh MIT Harvard she does worked at G no big deal as always and this it's getting weird. That's Brian's resume, too. I have the same stuff on my resume. In the and same it, I, order. Yep. And you guys never ran into each other. Surprising. You'd think at any of those places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the quad. Do they have a quad there? They must. Which, which, which one? At, at GE. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure GE has a... Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Um, so, Brian, we recorded that whole podcast. Yeah. And this intro, and you didn't know... That I've got new headphones, Brian. Oh, you do? And guess what? Guess what? They're not just new. This is very exciting. They are the the ones. So little context, Brian and my wife made me stop wearing my other ones (laughs) that I love so much because my fucking robot vacuum ran them over. Murder. Found them one morning on the floor of my office. That must have been so sad. destroyed them. And I kept wearing them because they still worked. But the fabric... Was was just shedding all over me. It looked like I had some form of horrific disease. Like so terrible. Said, yeah, they said no more. Even in the comfort of my own office, which all is over your very sad. Everywhere, hair and beard on the planes. She wasn't happy. So, anyways, <laughs> I reached out to the manufacturer. They're Oppo O P P O. Yeah, and it was the first thing I saw. Do you remember? They're fucking out of business. Oh, they're done. Right, right. They're not making anything anymore. But I reached out, and guess what they did? They replaced them for me. I got a new pair, the same ones. What? So happy. Yeah. That just so, seems crazy that they those would do guys. something so nice. I know. So nice. It was And I got them back in like four days, and I didn't even tell you. I'm so happy. It was totally my fault. Well, it was my fucking vacuum's fault. It's autonomous. Your vacuum's it's, fault. It's, it knows what it's doing. Flying cars my ass. We don't do even you know have... what I? Do you know what the first thing I listened to in them was? It wasn't your voice. Do you know what it was? 
Are you sure it wasn't my voice? Because that's what I was going to get. I'm guess. positive because it's a very okay. different feeling. Well, I haven't I have, seen I have this no movie yet, and I don't even know if I'm going to. Have you heard the soundtrack to The Greatest Showman? Showman? Nope. nope. You haven't? No. It will change. I mean, again, I've, I've, there's a list of like three very specific things I've told you would change your life. You won't yeah. do this one either. Um, it will change hey. your life. If you don't wake up in the morning, if you wake up and you listen to this the first thing when you wake up, and you're not ready to just get out there and change everything really about yourself and the world, uh, you're dead to me. Listen, it's, am- it's amazing. Track one, the greatest show. Who's it sung by? Zach Efron. Oh, I better, I better jump on it. You have no, you have <laughs> no idea. You like, yeah, it's in, uh, you have no idea. Uh, no, I, I, come on, I'll listen to it. That's you've you've made quite a statement now, so. I'm going to ask you, we're recording again in what, three days? Yeah. You better have run this thing into the ground by then. Uh, and I guarantee you, listen to it once, you will have. Put it on before you go do whatever the, what are the workouts you're doing? What are the superhero? Who is it? It's for Deadpool. I'm doing Deadpool workouts. Deadpool. Deadpool yeah, workouts. Yeah, Great. Yeah. We can find, you can find those on our Instagram. Um, <laughs> listen to it before and during your Deadpool workouts and you might finally get through those push-ups. You think this is seriously a good soundtrack to listen to for working out? I could not be more serious. Okay. Okay. I'm going today after this. So I'm going to, I'll be listening to this in no time. If I do get this treadmill desk we talked about uh, offline, Here we if go. I had a treadmill desk and they say you walk like six to eight miles plus greatest showman, <laughs> I mean, we might not need an extra employee. I might be so inspired. <laughs> I mean, how many times do you have to listen to the greatest showman soundtrack to equal eight miles of walking? How many hours are in the day? It doesn't matter. Wow. You, you just keep it playing. Thing. You just okay. keep it playing. Yeah. I want to get into I want to get into this for a minute. This could I feel like we could have a whole separate podcast about this cuz I'm so fucking upset about it. I'm very um, sorry. We don't usually talk about the guests Trump book club pick ahead of time. But before ahead of time. But uh, in putting together the show notes, you revealed to me that you've never read Harry Potter. I have not read uh any of the Harry Potter books. I think I saw three of the movies, maybe four. And that's, I'm not, I don't, I'm not even mad about it. God damn it. How do you, how do you not tell me this stuff? Yeah. Before we start a professional relationship. (laughs) Let me know what things I need to tell you and not tell you before we get into a professional relationship. And then I will. Hey, Quinn, here's the deal. I've, I've killed people and I have a, f- a few warrants out <laughs> and I have unpaid parking tickets and I've never read Harry Potter. Those are the three things those that would the, disqualify yeah. you. Um, right now, well, I, I've only got one of those three, though. So can we be cool? How, how could you? I mean, by the way, yeah. the, the movies are great and they get so much better as they go along because, again, they're advancing in sophistication and complexity and, and yeah. more serious don't yeah you didn't even watch all of them I'm you don't know i saw you're just saying that of them saw a handful of them you didn't even finish them saw a, a small handful of them that's not a hint three is not a handful a small handful implies a degree not a number that would say like small hands <laughs> three fingers is not a small handful that's three fingers worth well i don't have i wasn't i have all of my fingers to be clear you know what? I, I'm just too upset to get into it. Nobody, yep. they don't want to deal with this. People come to us for light and positivity. Not do they? this, not this <laughs> shit. <laughs> do they? Do they um, speaking of light and positivity, there we go. Segway. Let's nice. go talk to the physics girl because no one's ever been more excited about science and goddamn, do we need it these days. God, she's so great. Okay, here we go. Let's do it. Bye. <laughs> 
Our guest today is Diana Cowern, and together we're asking, middle school physics, lame or the first step on the way to being a superhero? Diana, welcome. Yeah, thank you. We're so pumped to have you here. I don't know if I'm an expert on middle school (laughs) physics. Uh, You will be by the end of this. Don't worry. (laughs) Great. Uh, Okay, so uh, maybe you're not an expert. Maybe you are, but uh, tell us who you are and what you do. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm Diana Cowern. Uh, I run the channel Physics Girl, so I'm the host and mostly the writer, researcher, creator, curiosity wizard. I don't I don't know. <laughs> yes, God, that's a I'm great the, title. I, I've been working on it. I'm I'm the person who created Physics Girl, which is a YouTube channel that just crossed a, a million subscribers. Hell yeah, um, I noticed that. Congrats. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. So a million people at least have wanted to know a little bit more physics. Uh, um, it's all about science. I did a physics degree and was sort of unsure of what I wanted to do with my life. And this was a side project that took off. So that's what I do. I'm very, I'm very thankful for my job. And uh, I, I love that. I think it's important, however, and we don't do this uh, with everybody because we kind of dig into it. But uh, talk to me a little bit about your uh, academic and and professional experience that kind of led you to this, because you're not uh, like us, a couple hacks who just started a podcast because it's cheap. (laughs) You actually you actually have a scientific background uh, and it's it's kind of bonkers. Can you can you go into it a little bit? Pretty impressive. (laughs) Uh, Thank you. I've never been described as bonkers, but I will take that. It's such a good Um, word. It is. It's a great word. I, uh, you know, I started a YouTube channel for the same reason, because it was cheap. It wasn't, it wasn't meant to be a science channel. And I think that's what people are always surprised about, that this was not, uh, most YouTubers you talk to, I'm going to call myself a YouTuber and then I'm going to regret it later. (laughs) But most YouTubers you talk to started their channels just because they're passionate about the thing that they talk about or they're they're into it like they like making videos they like creating they like making media around a specific interest which for me was physics but I started the the channel originally just to blow off steam after a really really difficult degree in physics feeling like I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life after having spent four years studying one thing and then no idea what direction to go with a career path. And what was that uh, one thing for everybody? Physics. It was physics. Yeah. But was, but specifically anything uh, that, that uh, you were really digging into? I mean, I did some research, I guess, to get super nerdy. I, I did an optics yes. lab. So we made holograms. Fucking we, cool. Uh, it was so it was so fun we did optics and then i did some research in dark matter so i was doing uh a little undergrad research um experiment looking for dark matter which has not yet been found so i wasn't successful (laughs) yeah no no (laughs) i wasn't successful scientists in general haven't been successful so i don't feel too bad about my undergrad failure (laughs) was that so awesome to study though that sounds incredible I mean, or is yes, it just frustrating because yes. it's not there? I think, like, the thing about science is that, like, it's so cool in concept, but the thing, the experience of it, uh, uh, it involves you know, like, a lot of wires and a lot of setting up of experiments and failure, and and like looking at a ton of data, sitting at a computer, much more than you'd expect. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Dark matter feels like one of those things. If, uh, man, if we find it slash figure it out, it's going to change everything. But it, for now, it seems like one of those things are, you mentioned and people are like, really? Really? 
That's uh, <laughs> that's the thing that makes up this a, a supposedly huge percentage of the universe. That's the best we got. It's crazy. Right. It's crazy. Right. Right. Can't like, wait till we find it. The way I used to think of dark matter is it's like it's like the wind. Like you can't see it, but you can notice it in other ways. You can't you can't directly observe it, but you can see that it moves your hair. You can feel it. Right. Like so there are wild. these other things. So we know dark matter is there because of all these other things that it does. Uh-huh. Um, and we have so many different things it does. Like, you know, wind moves the trees. It moves your hair. It makes like if you can feel it, it makes you colder. There's all these things that tell you it's there. And the same is true with dark matter, but it's we still haven't seen it. So it's, so it's hard crazy. to know what it is. <laughs> I, I just finished a book called Dark Matter. It was fantastic. Oh, it's a great oh, book. Awesome. So good. Who who is that? Blake Crouch is the author. Got not not read it. I was I too busy to... too busy doing the experiments. I guess. You know, <laughs> so I, I mean, it's just it's just fictional, but it's just so such a good read. Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, fantastic. I'll have all to right. check that one out. Um. All right. So let's set up our conversation for today. Yes, um, we are uh, big believers in action-oriented questions. Clearly, you are as well, Diana. Um, curiosity drives, y- you know, everything. And in this case, we mm-hmm. need to uh, drive change. We got mm-hmm. some shit to fix. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so that is um, that's going to be our uh, our angle today. Does that sound cool? Yeah, that sounds great. Awesome. Uh, so, Diana, to put you right on the spot. We start right with on one it. important question to get the art out of uh, why you're here today. So <laughs> instead of telling us your life story, which I will fully admit I just did, uh, <laughs> we usually like to just ask, little one, why are you vital to the survival of the species? <laughs> Be bold. Be bold. Oh, You've got a oh, million man. people. You have you have a, a congregation, a large congregation of humans <laughs> that hangs on your every word. So let's hear it. Right. I am vital to the survival of the species because I will contribute to the mass convincing of uh, humans that science and rational thinking and scientific processes are important for creating new technologies and bettering our lives. That's amazing. Hell yeah. Wait, you, you pretended <laughs> like this was going to be so hard to answer. I was laughing because that, that's the kind of question that my mom would be like, don't stroke her ego. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're going to get into your mom then. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> Oh, she's great. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, let's let's throw down some context for today's uh, topic, uh, which means it's time for a little thing we call Context 101 with totally uncredited Professor Brian. Um, Completely. Uh, we need a little <laughs> jingle right there, right? After we, you say Context 101 with Professor Brian, a little jingle. Right. Right. Um, right. Uh, danger jingle. Um, <laughs> again, we always say it's kind of like the book report you threw together at 11 p.m. Uh, the night before it was due uh, on like a some random classic of American literature you didn't actually read. Um, yep. But that's why we've got Dark Matter Diana here to correct us. So, Brian, talk to us about to what we're going to talk about today. Got him in there. All right. Let's, <laughs> let's do it. I'll be worse and I'll make you look good. Great. Um <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we're here to talk about uh, science and, uh, you know, science education is under attack across the, the United States. Mm-hmm. 
back in episode eight, we actually talked uh, about protecting um, scientific education standards with uh, a longtime educator and a couple of students who successfully fought to keep uh, climate science in the classroom right. in Idaho. Oh, God. <laughs> these, these people are Fight. just such idiots. Yeah, Anyways. To keep science in a science book. Right. Um, Sentences so, we shouldn't have to say. <laughs> Uh, not directly, but but uh, certainly not helped by that bullshit. Our high schoolers are not, not ranked Our well. Our America, for, we're in like what? 70 countries now, Brian. Sorry, sorry. Our in America high schoolers are mm-hmm. ranked 25th worldwide in science, mm-hmm. uh, 24th in reading, 42nd in math. And for <laughs> math, that's at, we're below average. That's so. Sure. That's not not good. And not great, it, you know, <laughs> So why is this important? Well, you know, uh, you'd think being ranked higher means our, our kids would be better educated and mm-hmm. then be able to get better jobs, um, you know, pr- preferably here, but wh- right. wherever they want. And, sure. you know, c- contribute to the world in either teaching or research or mm-hmm. a private role. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, like solving climate change. Maybe. But, uh, right. Or <laughs> Christ, or like anything else we've talked about, like, oh, Jesus, um, the type of thing I go off on and my wife just walks away from me. Uh, universal flu vaccine. Uh, Lyme disease, timely. Lyme disease vaccine. It's super mm-hmm. hot out ever, everywhere and Lyme disease is everywhere. Uh, how do we uh, standardize and digitize and analyze decades of completely fucking unreadable handwritten health records and solve disease that way? Or make immunotherapy better? Or I, I don't know. I come back to like, I had these incredible teachers uh, in college. And there were some that were really, really, really smart and had a hard time passing on that knowledge. And then yeah. there were others that were equally skilled at being a teacher and were able to successfully, efficiently pass on their knowledge and enthusiasm to the next generation. And and that is just as important as somebody out there who who's who's making CRISPR able to solve everything. Anyways, yeah, yeah I mean, we those, talk about that all the time. When we talk be, about, but you know, we're talking like middle schoolers here, right? Like, remember when you're in middle school, right? Well, the first <laughs> time you should theoretically be able to get the bug, right? Yeah, except it doesn't. You know, it's lame. Like what science is? is lame, and reading is lame, and class yeah. school sucked. You know, at, well, except for lunch period. Lunch period was awesome. Oh, I love lunch. <laughs> I did love lunch. So I, I love science too, but I, as in most things in high school, uh, except for sports and. That's about it. I failed to apply myself. Uh, (laughs) So instead of contributing to any of those things we just mentioned as a complete hypocrite, I've got a podcast. So great work, everybody. Uh, Anyways. (laughs) Okay. So how do we make people better than you, you know, were or are? (laughs) It's a fucking low bar, but let's go. Uh, All right. So yeah, but let's be realistic. I mean, you know, teenagers are going to be teenagers, uh, but clearly we need to get, get our shit together and mm-hmm. we, we need and they need uh, to be doing better. So, um, you know, listen, you can't just force teenagers to do anything. Uh, obviously, uh, uh, that's not going to get you anywhere. Um, you know, you apply just enough pressure and your teenagers got a kid, you know, of their own, if you know what I mean. So <laughs> at that point, it, it, it's less <laughs> about physics and more about accounting and <laughs> holy shit, why are diapers so expensive, you know? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> your, your lifeguard uh, job isn't going to cover organic baby food, okay, Josh? It's not going to happen. <laughs> Who's Josh? I don't He's know. just a regular asshole this is, that who was, needs to apply himself. That was, that was pretty incredible. What's amazing about that is you don't even have kids yet. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you have no idea the, the darkness that is how I can only imagine. Are. Yeah, you should um, be talking about this, I guess. But all right, so all right. Let's go. Let's jump that bar or, or vault it or whatever the athletic analogy is and, and build some fucking science superheroes. 
Right. I, awesome work. I love that. All right. With that for what we're going to call context, <laughs> uh, let's focus on our question. So again, end of fifth grade, going into middle school, which is in some ways the worst period of some people's life. That's when some kids do get the science bug or just at least the learning, yeah. the learning bug. And I want to know how we can better provide for them. So Diana, I ask you, put yourself in the shoes of a seventh grade girl. Uh, she's in a decent, but not great, not terrible public school in America. She's got pretty good teachers who are for the most part, trying their hardest with extremely limited resources. She's online, online all day and night, uh, typically right. Using a device that would have passed for fucking science fiction, like 30 years ago and (laughs) participating in, uh, the most connected network in the universe, as far as we know, but let's just say, you know, she doesn't recognize or give a shit about all that. And she's not alone in that, you know, school and science are lower on her priority list. Of course, that's all relative because boys are so far behind. It's not even funny. I mean, they're barely yeah. even at school, right? <laughs> Regardless, <laughs> what's going to make her, at, what is the thing that's going to make her try in physics class? What's, what's the catalyst? What's, what's, what, what can we do to, to grab her? Yeah, oh, that's such a good question. And I think about this all the time because I think about what what was it for me? I yeah. obviously got so what the was it for you? bug. Uh, it was such a this is where this is where like it becomes obvious that there's no one magical answer because I think back and I'm like, okay, my parents took me to science museums my entire childhood. Mm-hmm. They they brought me outside. I grew up in Hawaii, so we spent a ton of time outside. Like, let's just go look for bugs. Right. Like, let's not be scared of them in the house. Like, let's go look for them. Um, it was my physics teacher, Kathy Jones, in high school that that like had tons of cool demos going on during recess and was like, mm-hmm. oh my God, like this is so cool. Come see this. Her enthusiasm was like the infection that started in a bunch of kids. So it was so many different things, but a lot of it was just an introduction to science, an introduction to some questions about the world, some curiosity. And then people who were encouraging enough to be like, yo, it's cool to do this. It's interesting mm-hmm. to be to ask questions. Mm-hmm. I think it came a lot from, from, you know, external encouragement. I, I mean, I, I feel like that is, that is so important. Um, I heard somebody in, and I've got a, uh, I've got a, like a legion of small children that I know about, <laughs> that I know about. Uh, and, you know, I, I try to school them all this and, or, or even better lead them in the right direction and see what happens. And I heard somebody say uh, the other day, you know, when they, when they come home from school, instead of saying, what'd you do today? Say, did you ask any good questions today? Mm-hmm. And maybe oh, that'll stick with them. And it, it does seem like, and, and again, you're one specific person and, and some people have like that one moment, right? Or that one teacher in that one moment, but you named right. like five or six different things. And it, it does seem like, you know, uh, again, I'm not looking for like what the, and I guess I phrased it that way, like what's the specific thing, but you know, what are like a suite of things that we should uh, have out there or at least support in some way, like your YouTube channel that has made, things like that have made science so much more accessible and fun and cool. Like your YouTube videos are, you know, they might not have the science teacher um, who's doing cool experiments during recess. Also recess was amazing. Um, But they might now be able to hang out in the bathroom while they're smoking, watching physics girl videos. 
like everybody wins <laughs> now. It, like, you know, it's like those, there are these, all these new platforms. And I just, I, you know, but at the same time, again, you look at this and Brian, what was our science ranking? Uh, something horrific, like 50 or something. Seconds. 47. So, <laughs> uh, you know, it does feel like we need to institutionalize some of this in some way. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think it's really hard. Like one of the best things that could be done, I'd say, is for parents to be really involved with their kids and to introduce them to science demos and science experiments. I mean, the ideal, right, is like a parent that the, the kid comes home and they're like, let's let's just do some some little like milk and food coloring surface tension experiment today and like get the kids involved. But like what parent has time to look up all these experiments right, and learn yeah. the science behind it? And uh, look, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think a lot of it does have to be institutionalized. Um, I think one of the biggest ways I'm getting away a little bit from media and, and, and heading on into no, science education reform. But, but I think that one of the most important things we can do is to introduce uh, hands-on learning in science like i'm talking about like you not not just frog dissection but like if you want to learn about physics let's do some experiment let's not just like do some equations and figure out right. how mm -hmm. is the ball gonna fly mm -hmm. in the parabolic trajectory like let's try it let's try to make a guess where the ball is going to land based on what math i need to do so that really hands-on type of they call it project-based learning, I think is going to be really, really key to getting kids interested and, and good enough at science to where they feel like I've achieved something. I'm good enough at this. I could continue on in a STEM career. I love that. I think, I mean, I look at some of your videos. There's one I was talking to Brian with uh, about before we called you that felt like, what was the Leonardo DiCaprio movie about the dreams with the uh, inception? Inception. Oh, inception. Um, the, the, <laughs> The video we'll put in the show notes. Uh, why do mirrors flip horizontally but not vertically? Oh yeah, yeah. So oh, yeah. <laughs> seems seems super interesting. And then you click on it, and it occurred to me. I was like, I ha that question has never occurred to me, and now right. it's all I can fucking think about for the next right. three minutes. I was just like, wait a minute, why? This is insane. <laughs> like it was insane, and you answered it, and it, it makes so much sense. But I was just like, oh my god, oh my god, <laughs> like it's insane. But those are the type of things. Uh, that you would think would, and, and clearly you do such a great job of, uh, with your 10 million followers. Well, <laughs> one million. Let's not get Easy. ahead of ourselves. Yeah, by the time this comes out, uh, you never know. Um, 1,050,546 to be exact. No big deal. Right. Uh, Brian is 12 of us. Uh, you know, those, but, but that's what it is. It might not have some like practical everyday application, but you know, all of them, but, but if it gets the enthusiasm going, that's amazing. And by the way, you know, we talk about, I'm, I'm one of those parents, uh, and Brian will be one day, uh, that doesn't yes. have time to do these things, even though I try to, I, for Christmas, I got my kids, these, uh, little bug catchers. They're humane. Uh, awesome. you, you put it awesome. on the ground, you slide the little thing underneath and then there's built in magnifying glass so they can look at it. And just having those around the house. I mean, kids are curious, man, you know, totally. yeah, having, totally. stu having stuff like that, that, they can do it inside. They can do it outside. You teach them that. Uh, you know, when you're outside, you're, you're in the, you're in the food chain, you're in nature. This is, they're like, ah, spiders. Like, yeah, well, fucking spiders live here. They don't live in the house on purpose. They want to live outside. <laughs> you know, you're, you're in their domain. And I don't know. I feel like that, that to me, sometimes at least helps take the pressure off. Like I can't do an experiment directly with all three of my children every day after school. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it, there's so, so, so much media out there. Uh, like, I don't want to say like, yeah, put kids in front of the computer. That's going to get them more interested in science. Right. But, but, but like the truth of the matter is that kids are spending so much time on phones, on the internet, in front of screens. Right. Why not turn that time into time when they could be starting to build their curiosity about science? Yeah. If they're going to be on there. Right. Exactly. Exactly. There's blog posts. There's even apps that are meant to get kids interested in science. There's YouTube channels. Woo! <laughs> yeah. All about science. There's, there's tons of, of material, material out there that, that people are designing to be easily accessible for kids to start getting interested in science so that it doesn't have to come just from a parent who happens to know a ton about science. I mean, right. let's be real. If I ever have kids, I'm going to be like, let's do experiments all day. Yes, <laughs> right. you are. Oh, God, those poor kids. on the kids. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wait a minute. I, I don't. I, yeah, you probably shouldn't say that out loud. No, that's it's amazing. But, you know, I, what occurred to me, though, is like, you're right. Like, all right, here's the deal. They're going to be on their screens. Fine. Like meet them where they are. But what if, uh, you know, half their screen time has to be physics girl or or something like yeah. that, where it's just, you know, or even if you're a parent, take three minutes and watch the mirrors video or one like it. And then just, hey, look, there's your experiment you can, you can do with your kid. You don't have to actually think them up because Diana thought of all of them for you. Um, <laughs> do it. And then you don't have to buy anything new. You literally just stand your kids in front of a mirror with a piece of paper and write, you know, whatever you want on it and turn it around and blow their little minds. You know, a lot of the work exactly. has been done already by, by you. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, like you said, the, the, there, there are resources to it. It's just, you know, how do we structure it a little better? Right, right. And, and I, I think um, I think what's so hard, you know, is when when parents feel like they don't have that inherent interest in science. Like, I, I think it's OK to. I think it's okay to start feeling comfortable with teaching your kids things that you don't know a lot about. Like mm -hmm. it's almost an opportunity for you to get curious vicariously yeah, through yeah. your kids too. Like, like you never thought about this mirror experiment. Neither did a lot of people. I, I actually asked that question before I made that video, the question of why, why do mirrors appear to flip things horizontally, not vertically to all of my roommates who at the mm -hmm. time were all physicists and none <laughs> of them could answer Damn. the question. None oh, of them. That's so wild. Does that make you feel better? Yes. Yeah, I mean, slightly. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I do this thing with my kids. And again, like I, I do a million things wrong here. This is just what I what I've tried to piece together where they, they each get to ask me as they're as they're going to bed at night. They get to ask one question about anything and I sing the Jeopardy music and then they get to ask and I get some questions where like, why, uh, what does dark matter oh. really look like? You know, whatever the example is. And I'm just like, I have no idea. Why don't we look that up in the morning so I can answer some things, but you know. Let them ask the questions too. And I, I would argue that it would be more fun to, to learn with each other, like to learn with somebody than, than to have already known it and then taught. Like it's exciting to learn. And when you know that you're doing it like, you know, not alone, I think it just makes it even like more fun and interesting. Yeah, exactly. I've, I've almost started trying to change the, um, the approach of my channel lately, which is like, the most recent video I made was about how band-aids glow in the dark. If you haven't tried this, you have to try it. It's what? amazing. Yeah. So when you open uh, a band-aid, band uh, yes, yes. Open a band-aid in the dark, like uh -huh. let your eyes adjust first and you'll see that the, where the adhesive is peeling apart, you see this really, really like it's, it's a little bit dull, but it's a very clear blue glow. 
so I didn't know this, but one why? of my one of my commenters, one of my fans, well, why? <laughs> Got to check out the video. But, <laughs> um, it has to do. It has to do with like the same kind of thing as like uh, taking off a jacket and when you're in dry air, that'll spark, oh, you know, right. a bit of static there. It's similar. It's very similar, but, but like, I, I didn't know this happened and I also didn't know why it happened. So, so I'm learning and I'm trying to show that process on the videos lately, which is like, I, I'm actually learning with you. And the process is really cool because you learn all these other things. You gain so many other questions as you're mm -hmm, going and right. investigating. Mm -hmm. so, so I think that process of ask a question, find your own curiosity, and then let that guide your learning is so important. And I try to encourage that in, in like kids that are going into college too. I try to always tell them, look, like you're going to have a teacher who's going to give you, what are they called? Like a, a syllabus. And it's going to have this boring list of all the things, like just bullet uh -huh. point of what you're going to learn in the class. Right. So take that. And before you even start the class, write down your own questions. Think about what you want to know by the end of the class. Like, what are the questions you're burning to know? And let that guide your learning through the class. You're going to be much more interested in the class as you try to sort of treat it like an investigation. Like, I have to figure out these answers. And this class is going to help me figure out the answers to my own questions. Mm -hmm. So it's like you're you're owning your own learning. And, and parents and teachers can encourage their kids to do that in in middle school and high school when they're still learning how to learn. I think that's great. Uh, yeah. And I, I think you're totally right about the college thing. I mean, uh, uh, again, we can get into this a little bit, you know, I was a liberal arts major and what's great about that is they're like, here's the deal. You're taking one of everything. Um, and, and you learn a lot of really great stuff, which is like how to ask really good questions and why they're really important. But What's really interesting, you know, is the and plenty of these people don't change, but the people who come to school and they're like, I'm going to be a doctor. I've wanted to be since I was 14. <laughs> and they take one class on like the classics or Hinduism yeah. or, uh, you know, Western thought. And they're just like, oh, my entire life just fucking changed um, <laughs> because I didn't know this world existed. Yeah. And, it can, and it can go the other way, too. You know, these people who like grow up majoring in, in Spanish, which is amazing. And then they take a data science class and they're like, oh, the world is unlocked. And then maybe they can apply <laughs> both of those things. But being staying open and staying curious, um, whether you're going to college or not, because college is not for everybody, both functionally and philosophically, but also right now institutionally, because it's completely unaffordable. And, but you can mm -hmm. apply that in community college or vocational school or, or training, doing something else. I mean, y you never really know where that, where, where your questions are going to, to lead. I mean, it's mm -hmm. such a formative time of life. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I was going right. to, I wanted to make one quick <laughs> shout out though. I, I was trying to think, and I just scrambled and grabbed my iPad. There's, there's in the limited screen time I give my kids, there's one company that makes these, I'm sure there's a bunch of them. This, uh, there's a company called Tiny Bop. And they make these just excellent games from like ages, uh, I would say four to 10, 12. Um, and there's all these different and they're all basically sort of ecosystems or how things work and the way you can explore these things that just everyone's like, oh, physical books. And I love physical books, but these things didn't exist 10 years ago. And there's one on the human body, the earth mammals you can see uh, breakdowns all these things and, and make them interact coral reefs plants how machines work homes the weather Damn. and basically kids go in and they can literally like 
for the for the human body one, you can feed it food and you watch the cross section of the food being eaten and going through the body and how it affects everything. Or you can make somebody run and you can see how they breathe and how they perspire and 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 how the heart beats and all this stuff. And it just blows my kids' minds. Because, that was so great to have when we were kids. Yeah, that yeah. didn't fucking that, that's exist. Awesome. Like Mr. Rogers <laughs> did his best, you know. Absolutely. Um, but 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 that but that stuff is crazy. That level of interactivity and 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 how it's summed down. So, anyways, I just want to give those folks a shout out because they do an excellent job. Oh uh, yeah, we'll great. put that in the notes too. I yeah, I've never heard of those. I also I'm a huge proponent for like DIY home experiments. I don't have a ton of these on my channel because I tend to just sort of talk about whatever is interesting me at the moment. But, but I have some that are like experiments you can do with materials you just have at home. Like you probably don't have to buy anything extra. Uh, There's, there's ones like just sprinkle some pepper on the surface of water and then touch it with soap and the pepper will, will all quickly, like it doesn't, it doesn't jump, but it spreads out to the edge of the plate. Of, of your surface of water. Yeah. What the like, hell is that all really, about? It's surface tension. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, <there's> <laughs> Anytime anyone asks me a question, like, how does that work? What does that work? I'm like, I can't help myself. I'm like, I want to tell you. Seriously, <laughs> the excitement in your voice is just phenomenal. I love it. <laughs> oh, I love it. And, that is why I do what I do. I mean, I couldn't, yeah. I can't imagine myself in any other job. Like as soon as it's, it comes to a moment where like, how does it work? I want like, that's when, you know, I beam because I'm interested in science and it's like being able to potentially pass that on to someone else. That's why I do what I do. Right. That's uh, awesome. but, but yeah, there's tons of those DIY science experiments. So like just, just even Googling like at home experiments with ingredients found at home, there's tons of material out there. I wish that there was one place I could point to, but, but like, that's a, a really quick, easy way to find something that yeah. you don't have to purchase anything extra there's 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 easy to find just stuff around your house right yeah how to do these like at-home experiments that's um, so great i just do not remember being so excited about science and i feel like if i had why weren't this, why weren't you what were you into brian uh lunch mostly no i lunch. know we talk, fucking talked about that but besides <laughs> oh, lunch uh, uh. <laughs> Um, I actually, I actually really did like math. I was really into school until I got to be like in like, until I was like a junior and senior in high school and then, then nothing really interested me, but, Mm -hmm. but science didn't grab like the amount of interest I have in science now. I, even if I just had a little tiny piece of it when I was a kid, I would have, I'd be, I would have been thrilled and I, maybe I'd be doing something in science. Like it's just, it's just, I'm just, I just mean it's. It's do you have, enough. I mean, maybe this, this is a better question for you then. Like, do you have any insight for why you stopped being interested? Cause I, I think I'm a terrible case study for how to get kids interested in science because I was like, I was encouraged. People showed me things and I was like, yes, this is amazing. I want to do it. But there are all these other people that by the time they get to high school, lose interest. Do you have any idea why you did? I feel, I feel like what you've been, what you've been mentioning already, which is, you know, just the fact that I, I don't think my parents had enough time to like get me pumped for it. Mm-hmm. And then also in school, like I had some fantastic teachers in high school, but my science teachers across the board were now that I think about it, they, they were just sort of like doing the job, you know, mm-hmm. I had, mm-hmm. I had other teachers who were much more like excited about what they were teaching. Right. I'm not kidding across the board in science in my life. Like it was just, Here's just like let's just talk about this thing that I have to talk about with you right now for these for the next forty five. How minutes. do we get through the uh, the projector slides? Yeah, right. yeah, just not like not enough like passion coming from them. I not that I'm just I mean I was also a punk kid I guess so maybe I, it's half my <laughs> half my fault. But 
Like if you were t- if you like as excited as you are right now, just telling us about your videos, like I can't imagine that if I was getting that much excitement out of my teacher, I would have just been like, fuck this. And again, we can't ask every teacher to have that level of excitement because, <laughs> again, they're right, getting paid right. fucking diddly yeah. squat and have right, no right. resources. This is uh, a really good moment to mention uh, the website Donors Choose, uh, where you can go and directly contribute uh, to classrooms that need specific things. And it Ooh. is so fucking incredible because you literally get handwritten notes back from the children saying thank you for this thing. And it is the greatest feeling on the planet. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. So I mean, if we're talking about institutionalized change, like just pay teachers more money. Yeah. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. Hey, guys, it's Quinn. If you're listening to this, you obviously like podcasts and you probably like music, too. On Spotify, you can listen to all of that in one place for free. You don't even need a premium account. On Spotify, you can follow your favorite podcasts so you never miss an episode. You can download episodes to listen to offline, wherever you might be, and you can easily share what you're listening to with your friends via Spotify's integrations with social platforms like Instagram. Spotify has a huge catalog of podcasts on every topic, including the one you're listening to right now. You can just search for Important Not Important on the Spotify app or browse podcasts in the Your Library tab. Very convenient. And of course, you can follow us so you never miss an episode of Important Not Important. Uh, Spotify is the world's leading music streaming service, and now it can be your go-to for podcasts, too. They, I mean, I've, I really think that like education is is the key to advancement in technology to uh, make just just our populace making good decisions. And if that's something you care about, then voting for more money in education or politicians who are going to give more money to education just to me seems like an absolute no brainer. But <laughs> oh, what do I know? <laughs> right. Oh, Jesus. Uh, um, all right. So. <laughs> Let's keep Not that I'm frustrated or anything. <laughs> no, no, no. What do you mean? Nobody's frustrated. Yeah, no, no, no. Everything's, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's <laughs> fine. Uh, Diana, on top of your your built-in smarts, um, you you have clearly worked your ass off to to get where you are and and everywhere you've gone. And I want to like keep talking about girls here. So that's it. Yeah, that's a good point. So uh, where are we specifically failing young girls and young women uh, with regards to providing or highlighting? existing opportunities in science, whether that's literally anywhere from from AP classes, that where things start to get, uh, I guess, optional opportunities, which are the same word, kind of the same word, um, you know, <laughs> when they when they can start to choose, like, uh, where where are we failing them? And on the other hand, where are we in 2018 starting to succeed in, in, in providing or encouraging things for young women? Uh, has any of that change that you've seen? You know, everyone, every once in a while when I give talks uh, for the public and I'm like, you know, when I was a kid, it was really cool to say that you hated science and you hated math. (laughs) And I'm hoping that's changing. And if there's ever like a middle school girl in the audience, she always shakes her head. No, she's like, it's the same. It's the exact same. And Mm. and that's what's so frustrating to me. Like, I, I think I don't know exactly where that sentiment comes from, but I think that it affects I think it affects boys and girls, but but like add that to the fact that in popular media, we don't see girls as scientists. We don't see women as uh, engineers. We don't see them in these leading science and tech roles. Uh, there, there have been studies that have shown, you know, like 
the, what do they call it? It was that very famous scientist detective. Sherlock uh, Holmes. No, not the, it was a woman. Oh. Um, good guess, though. No, she's a scientist a, detective. Yeah. Um, Sully? Detective? Is it Sully or Scully or something like that? Oh, X Files? X Files. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is uh, that, I, I never watched it. So I'm, so like, it didn't stick in my head very well. Is it, what did she do? <laughs> she was a fucking alien detective. <laughs> An alien detective. Okay, like great. The coolest detective yeah, you could be. Scully, dude. Dana Scully. Are you kidding me? It's amazing. This is totally making my point for a realistic yeah, no, job. You're, you're killing it right now. <laughs> no, but, but Scully, uh, there's the Scully effect where like, I think, God, I, I now I look like I really don't know what I'm talking about. But basically, well, like. Welcome as, as, to our team. <laughs> I'm, I see that it's a thing. The like, character believed to have initiated a phenomenon referred to as the Scully effect as the medical doctor and the FBI special agent inspired Many young women to pursue careers in science, medicine, and law enforcement, and as a result, brought a perceptible increase in the number of women in those fields. Thank you. Yes. According, exactly. according to But Wikipedia. it makes so much sense. <laughs> You're right. I mean, I, look, it, there's this, there are these crazy stats, and again, it, just science-specific, and, the, and then women. When, when, when The Martian, came, the movie, the book, and then the movie um, came out in 2014, 2015, NASA's applications went up something like 80%. Uh, and then, yeah, like something fucking crazy. And then Hidden Figures came out, which I, I, it, it was one of the most incredible movies. I loved that so much. Totally true Very story. Um, and, and, uh, I, you know, you have to think there has to be some sort of Scully effect from that. And you just look around and go like, wh- why not more of this? And the one we've talked about on the podcast before is, um, is, uh, is Shuri from Black Panther. Have you seen Black, oh, Black yeah. Panther? I Diana? haven't. I haven't yet. Oh, oh God. I, <laughs> the worst. I uh, You're going <laughs> to love it. If, if only for the, the reason that the head scientist, the genius in the whole thing, uh, is the lead character's sister. And uh, she's amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Mm-hmm. And you have to think young women, especially young minority women, are watching this and going, oh, shit, look what I could be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like seeing yourself reflected in the role models that you see on the TV screen is hugely important for kids. Um, I mean, that's that's sort of where they get their sense for what's cool, right? Like it's not coming right. from their parents. It's not coming from their teachers. It's coming from their peers. But but like what's cool often comes from what they see in the media and what becomes popular across society in like current trends and things. So if if one thing that you're seeing is like I don't know Wonder Woman or this like badass yeah. uh, can do woman character, that's going to help shape what women think that they can be in the world. So so having more of that, and I think that it is changing. I think like Hollywood has a lot of pressure on them to to make different female characters. There's some media uh, initiatives that are aiming to to have variety. Sure. And what we see as female characters, so I think that'll help. It's crazy. Yeah. To, it's it's crazy to say, and the, and this is this is com- completely oversimplified to say like it doesn't take much. But when you're starting at like fucking zero, something like Hidden Figures or Wonder Woman comes on screen, and you're like, well, where the hell has this been? Like, Absolutely. Uh, like, like exactly, it, it's incredible. 
It's incredible. Um, yeah. And, it, and, 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 you know, it, it doesn't take much, but like the people who are making those decisions, like they're so far removed from me as like this sure. person who's passionate about getting inter- girls interested in science. Like I'm like, my channel is called physics girl. Like I want girls in physics. Yeah. I want yeah. that to happen. Yeah. And then you, yeah, you set that idea aside and then you're like, okay, over here now we've got this like old dude executive of some media company who's uh, making the decisions on what movies get made, what movies get funded and what kinds of characters are in them. And they're like, they're so far removed yeah, it's not great. from, right. Right. From, so, from who's actually making the decisions that are going to affect little girls. So is literally side note related. So my wife is a screenwriter as well. And just uh, sold a, a TV show to Apple based on this true story, a uh, 10 year old girl uh, reporter uh, on the yeah. East Coast, oh, whose dad was this big reporter, and um, he covered a bunch of the Newtown stuff, and it basically made him uh, kind of give up on everything um, because Oof. it's super dark. <laughs> and he, when uh, this uh, little girl, Hildy, was very young, he took her around to all of his interviews and on all of his investigations. And she got the bug uh, so much so that when they moved to this quiet small town, uh, she scooped the local newspaper at nine years old on a murder. <laughs> Um, and it's totally true. And, uh, my wife and her friend, uh, who's a producer, um, found this story and she'd gotten a bunch of media coverage and they optioned the rights. And so they're making a whole, like almost stranger things. Basically my wife, uh, (laughs) promotes it understandably as an Amblin movie, but happens to have a girl lead, uh, like, like ET with a girl basically. Uh, and it's, and they're just like, Oh, we can put a young girl, a young, curious, smart science and investigative girl on screen because fuck it. Nobody else is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and exactly. what, kids will get to watch that. That's amazing. And the, and the thing is like, I, I'm not a huge proponent for this. Like, let's make everything about women in science. Let's make like, you know, there's some really, really fantastic organizations like girls who code that are encouraging girls yes. in science and, and like talking about, about movements that I think are going to make a difference. I think these, these groups really are going to help, but I don't think it just has to be all about like, let's name a thing girl in STEM or girl in science or girl in engineering. Right. Like why not just have engineers who happen to be girls? Why not have, scientists who happen to be women what like show these things like my channel i try not to make it be about like i am a woman in physics i try to make it about like i love physics i want to talk about the physics it's about the physics and i also happen to be a woman right that's that's the goal well well and and theoretically uh you know let's say girls who code and and black girls code and and these other amazing amazing organizations get more women in the ranks making apps doing science then theoretically that is what happens change just inevitably happens because you're bringing an entirely new perspective to uh the things that we're interacting with on a daily level right exactly yeah it's just a much more natural process of of having more women to show as scientists and engineers as there are more women right 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 it's magical it's, it is magical. Uh, so I'll, I have a slight pivot here and I would just love to chat this out with you, which is, uh, I don't know. I, I think about it a lot recently. I think a lot of other folks are, but I've mentioned a, a little bit, you know, I'm a, I was a liberal arts major 
that loves but didn't major in any sort of scientific discipline, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so there again, like you said, huge push for girls in STEM and 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 also boys in STEM. Anybody with were ranked so low, and especially minorities, right? It's it's so vital to the future. But we we've had a a few really jarring examples in recent years uh, of nerds, mostly white boy nerds, uh, many of whom didn't even graduate from college, which is fine. Again, college is not for everybody, but these mm-hmm. folks are in powerful positions, uh, building tech products and failing to even think to ask the question, should I build or do this? And mm-hmm. I, I've always felt and, and maintained and tried to be much more public that these startups that some of whom develop into major corporations should have a chief liberal arts major or at least a chief devil's advocate, someone who can say or ask like why or why not, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I wonder if, I wonder if just girls are the answer here. I mean, boys are just so dumb. <laughs> and I say that as a boy and as a father of a couple boys and I have nephews and I've coached them. It's just like, it's a statistic at this point. Like we just uh, make decisions without uh wondering about the consequences and a lot of times that can be like the right stuff and we end up going to the moon and it's great and sometimes it's real bad and facebook ruined the world so i don't know i I don't even know really what my question is here i'm just thinking about loud because as someone who is so enthusiastic but your job is literally asking questions why do mirrors flip horizontally but not vertically could lead some young person to build the next mirrors on the James Webb telescope. That's one day going to go to space, you know, I, 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 or, or would make them stop and say, should we do this? It's just, I don't know. I've, I've got a, a lot of thoughts, you know, around, around all the issues to do with getting more girls into STEM and encouraging them, Ugh, especially, you know, having, having very male dominated tech fields. Um, and, and in fact, I had a very recent experience with a close friend of mine who, um, like you, you hear about these situations, but you never think you're going to come face to face with one. But um, he was hiring an intern, an engineering intern for his company, and ended up with um, two very equal candidates. One was a guy, one was a girl in engineering. It turned out that the girl was uh, just a year behind, so she had a little bit less experience as far as coursework went. And so, so he was leaning toward the guy because of that. And I was like, okay, let's put this in perspective that girls are not introduced to engineering nearly as much. The fact that this girl made it so far to be in engineering in college mm-hmm. and be given this opportunity to get an engineering internship, like she's, she's the one we need to encourage and foster. Right. And the question was like, well, but yeah, but she's like just a year behind. And I'm like, okay, your company has only had men for the 10 employees it's had. And so it's never gotten their perspective of a woman. It's never, you know, like every decision that's going to be made is going to be made from the perspe- perspective of a man. So right. any products you end up selling to men or to women are not going to have been made or discussed by women at all. So this Which to me, that, that to me was like such a, I know. I know. It was like such a no brainer. Like, yes, she has a few less courses. So like, I mean, on the scale, like it would slightly tip toward the guy as far as which candidate better, quote unquote. but like the, the benefits for having a woman finally in a company to give different perspectives far outweigh just, you know, having the slightly better candidate. Right. And that's what I think that's the perspective that needs to change that like, there are having a diverse 
group of people in your company is going to give diverse voices. It's going to change the decisions you make as a company. It's going to change the the culture of the company, which we all know Uber could have used much earlier on. <laughs> right. Um, so, so I think mm-hmm. like having these discussions and being aware of these kinds of situations, he ended up going with the girl, by the way. Nice. Oh, God, that, oh. that never actually goes that <laughs> yeah. way. Amazing. I, I know. I know. I think it's because he talked to me about it. But <laughs> no, but you know, but it's so funny you say that because like the slightest intervention, I don't know. And we are not going to get into this. What, 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 if you've interacted with the online dating stuff at all, which is, you know, at one point was totally uh, crazy. I remember one of my friends was like, this is 15 years ago. I, was like, I met, met somebody on match.com and I'm like, what the fuck is match.com? And now it's everywhere and it's everything. But the, the story of uh, Bumble is so interesting. Um, you know, it's it's led by women who used oh, to be a part of yeah. bigger things. And that entire company is sort of built on the ethos of that devil's advocate thing that I mentioned. It was the t- technology is all there. Like it's it, their product is wonderful and very impressive. But it's built on a question, which was, what if we had a dating site? but only women could get in touch with the men. Right. men, men on, on Bumble, <laughs> men cannot reach out to women. And to me, that's like that question of like, how should this actually work? And it makes me think like, wow, that's incredible. And it makes women feel so much more safe and so much more expressive and so much more in control that, you know, when you're looking around and seeing all these privacy issues and these privacy <laughs> leaks uh, at these companies run by white men who just want to throw themselves out there, uh, you know, what impact women would have. I mean, you go back to the thing, uh, Apple, we were talking about computers before. I love Apple. They're amazing products, most valuable company that's ever existed on the planet. And they, you know, when they put out their uh, amazing health platform that started a couple years ago, and it had all these health metrics that you could put in or you could track from a device, they completely left out menstruation. And it was just like, how? Literally, it's the one built-in thing that half the world's population deals with every month. And it's because it's a bunch of 60-year-old white dudes. And they're great, but come on. Like you said, just having them there overcomes... Whatever credit short that that girl is of uh, yeah, of working at the absolutely. Like you think about you think about the one health issue that women have to deal with more than any other. That is it. The one, <laughs> the one. Everybody's the one. got it. You know, it's like I tell my kid, everybody poops. You know, it's the one thing. <laughs> it, it's 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 just crazy, but it does. It's like, and that's why uh, I don't know. It's it's it's. It's lazy and cliche, but I just wish there was like a, again a, like a female deficit, devil's advocate in all these companies um, because I I love the example of Bumble. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. That's like you know I in this situation like I don't know whether this is necessarily going to make or break this company like having this one female intern, but having the conversations I think is the important part. So like that's what's going to help start change. Right. You know having continuing to have the conversations with everybody that you talk to, to no matter what situation, just bring up women's issues. And that's obviously not where I'm going, but no, but, <laughs> but like, again, it doesn't take much. It, it doesn't take much. And, and like, I, I think if we do t- keep bringing up these conversations, then when it comes to, to male CEOs of tech companies that are making decisions, you know, what, once they start having daughters, I think they're going to become, even more aware of women's issues. But until that point, having the conversations is going to help plant the ideas in their mind. Yeah. Ab- Agreed. Ab- absolutely. 
Diana, have you, you know, you've been, you've been doing the videos for like, I think the oldest one says six years. Yeah. Six years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the beginning <laughs> of the internet. So basically. yeah. Yeah. So you started the internet. Got it. Have you, have you taken any like specific actions or made any changes, I guess, to with your output um, over the past like year and a half or so with, with all the shit that's gone down since, uh, you know, the Dark Lord took over? <laughs> Oh God! Um, He's not a huge fan of women. Uh, if you're not, I, if you didn't I know. Had a, I've gotten that impression. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, it's subtle, I don't. But... <laughs> it's been it's been a really hard balance, right? Because I think yeah. some of the people who need the most um, encouragement to think scientifically and, mm-hmm. and to be interested in science are not the people who are necessarily watching my videos as much. So I, I wouldn't say that I've taken any different approach on my content. Mm -hmm. Um, If anything, I've almost just doubled down on this need to be like, science is cool. I'm enthusiastic about science. I think about things scientifically. And when it comes to contentious topics, like being more sympathetic to the other side um, and, and opening up to conversations that are really uncomfortable that my parents are very conservative. Um, Interesting. And I've, I've started, I, w- I would even say not, I mean, they may listen to this, but <laughs> I, <laughs> we can we, cut we out whatever you need us to cut out. To be clear. <laughs> we, we had a lot of discussions around climate change and it was pretty eye opening to me because they're so close to me and they, you know, have encouraged me from day one in my scientific careers and everything that I've done, but, but you know, where they get their information is is sharing different quote unquote facts about climate change than where I get their inf- my mm-hmm. information mm-hmm. and right. I think that's how it became so stark is like we are getting different information so sure. so it's it's pretty clear why they would believe different things than I would um, but I think what started to change their mind was my passion and was my like determination to talk to them about it despite the fact that it was very uncomfortable and very awkward for all of us who, for who, both of my parents who has yeah. initiated most of the conversations oh it's a good question it's hard to avoid them when yeah when it's december after the election and climate sure. change mm-hmm. is like so so important to me and and to our planet i mean it's like it really is um but like getting angry at them and cutting them off for like all the other reasons I disagree with them is, is not going to get anywhere for, for like the progress that I think really, really needs to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not like, like you, you almost can't put your, you can't be like, I'm going to, I'm going to get really angry at these people and I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing and fight them. It's like, no, I need them too. I need them to see why this issue is so important. I need them to understand why climate change is happening and why we need to do something about it because I need them to be on, you know, the side of fighting for the planet. And it's not my side. It's not right, like, right. it's not like, I, I'm just, you know, just a scientist. I'm just like a science communicator who knows why these issues are so important. Right. Just based on scientific facts and reality. So I, I need them to talk to me about it. Well, I, I think, think the attitude's so important though. Like we, we've had a, we had a little series and we're going to have some more coming up with, with folks that we might disagree on a whole bunch of other issues with, right. uh, <laughs> but we happen to agree on climate change, whether there's religious or they're conservative for one reason or another. And, and I think it's nobody likes being yelled at 
and being made feel less than or stupid or very wrong in something they believe in. And I think it's really important for progressive folks, liberals, Democrats, whatever you want to call it, scientists, um, however you lean, to make sure that, uh, you know, a lot of the disconnect does fall on our lap. And, and it's important for us, like you, I think, said so well there, our attitude shouldn't be you're wrong, you're ruining everything as much as we mm-hmm. might feel that way. We, if we approach every one of these interactions that hopefully develop into a conversation with the attitude and angle of, I need this person to understand, then mm-hmm. it will make a difference because so many people are already on board, but it's just not quite enough. And if we right. get, like all these other people, you're, you're just in a, in a, in uh in the bubble and that's fine. And we can talk about that stuff and it's comfortable and it's easy, but getting those, that last percentage of people on board, will make an incredibly huge difference in a serious race against time and and changing our attitude to how we approach them. And again, hopefully having conversations with them, it's not going to be the first conversation that gets it done, but changing that attitude and that mindset makes such a difference. Absolutely. And I think what helps them a lot is, was this personal conversation rather than like me sending them articles and uh, arguing from a political standpoint. I think in fact, like I don't, well, at least up until that point, didn't follow politics too, too closely. And I think they know that I don't get most of my information from like the news and from uh, from politically politically leaning sites when it comes to climate change. I get it from scientific papers, from friends who work as Weird. climate scientists. And <laughs> so, so like knowing that that I'm very integrated in the science community and I'm coming from a scientific perspective rather than a political perspective, I think was really important to them. You know, at least listening to my tearful, please. Sure. (laughs) Sure. It's, it's hard, man. It's hard. Yeah. That's awesome though. I mean, those personal stories and those personal success stories do matter. And I think, and I think help mobilize our listeners to take that step. It's super easy. My wife and I were talking about this. It's really easy when you live in Los Angeles, New York to go join a half million people in a March because you know, that basically everybody agrees with you, but it's a lot harder either in your family, like uh, you've got going on. And I think a lot of people have going on for your extended families at Thanksgiving or whatever, um, or on vacation or just in your town uh, to go and protest with 10 people, knowing that yeah. there might be 20 people on the other side who disagree with you and just screaming at them is fun, uh, but doesn't get a lot done. <laughs> um, yeah. And and finding those. And that's why we always try to get pretty specific with this and, and build action steps of things that have worked or could work to just move the needle, man. Right. Right. Pretty important. Who else should we talk to? Who else do you really love is someone that, uh, whether big name or, or we love uh, small names, folks that nobody's ever heard of, like, uh, you know, we uh, when we talked to, to Gautam, uh, Dr. Gautam Dantas, uh, who Gautam literally is the guy who discovered that uh, bacteria was eating the antibiotics that we feed them. And then it's not great that that is happening. <laughs> um, uh, and people wrote to us and were just like, holy shit. But yeah, you know, we, we want to talk to, again, existentialists, the things that are, we want to answer the questions or ask the questions, at least of the things that are facing folks right now or in the next 10, 20 years uh, that are affecting most of us, uh, or they will be very soon and, and bring on someone who can help speak to those things. 
Uh, so if you have anybody in mind now or later, that would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, have you, did you, have you guys done anything on CRISPR or gene editing? I've, I've we... wanted to, I want to find the right people, but they're mm. a little in demand right now. So if you have any contacts, <laughs> okay. uh, that would I be I have a great, super. I have a great one. Um, so my, my friend Vanessa, who runs a YouTube channel called uh, Braincraft made uh, a 30 minute documentary all about CRISPR, talked to a ton of the scientists behind it. Um, she's a neuroscientist herself, but she was, her documentary was recently featured on Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. Oh, so nice. Oh, wow. Yeah. So she's. I would has, love to talk to her. She's a great one. I would love yeah. to do that. Digging she's into also, that, I think, will blow people's minds. Absolutely. She's really, she's done a ton of research on it, is very deep in it. Um, and she's Australian, so fun to listen nice, to. Nice, <laughs> nice. Uh, Up in our international game. Thank you. Yeah, um, there you go. That's awesome. Thank you. And yeah, if there's anybody else, you can always send it to us later uh, via carrier pigeon we'll or smoke signal. <laughs> Um, so listen, let's, uh, let's summarize a little bit. And we, I think we touched on a lot of awesome stuff. What our listeners and progressives and in a lot of case, parents or teachers can do in general to, to help take action on this front, which is, um, you know, just again, it's great to make scientific superheroes like you, but to just get people enthused about it. Young, young, very yes. young people for parents. It's like, Hey man, put on your little calendar there, do one experiment a week. Like what's a, what's an afternoon or an evening that's not taken up by some fucking sport or extracurricular um, <laughs> Sunday night after dinner, before dinner, uh, you know, uh, that's literally, God, man, the experiment can be as simple as like, Hey, look, you know, you pour water down a piece of wood and look how it runs in every different direction and why. I mean, it, it, it costs you nothing. And I, I'm sure there are some resources. Like we said, we didn't know a ton off the top of our heads that are out there that are there's there. I assume there is a website that is like, here's experiments you can do at home that cost no money. I'm mm -hmm. sure it ex the internet always provides. Um, so Brian, find that. Um, Done. And I'm, I, I know there's a book, which is definitely a little, the title's a little sexist, but the content was good. It's like nerd dads or something like that. Experiments you can do with your kids. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But there, there's stuff like that that's out there and just, just pencil it in, man. Um, it can take 30 seconds or a couple minutes, but let your kids ask the questions. Let them do the experiment. It it matters because, like you said, doing the experiments themselves seem to make the big difference. Seem to put the hook in. Totally. Voting for more money in education is always great. Pay, <laughs> just just fucking pay your teachers, people. Voting and, for more sciences or voting for more women. Yeah, uh, exactly. And and supporting both women and minorities in exciting positions, but also supporting media, like you said. Black Panther, yeah. Wonder Woman, hidden figures uh, that show women and minorities, even if it's fictional or a true story, whatever it is, because dollars do make a difference. And these idiots in Hollywood, who, many of whom are my friends, um, are <laughs> all, literally they're just they're terrified for their fucking jobs and they just decide on dollars and cents. And for a long time, that meant white guys. And there's been too much of that. And, uh, you know, starting with Hunger Games, we start to see some really big movies with women in charge. And these idiots are like, oh. They want to see women. You're like, yeah, fuck Jesus. So, you know, support it with your dollar, man. Uh, get out there, tweet about it, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Am I missing anything? Yeah. I mean, you know, I I'm assume that a lot of your audience is already calling the representatives. So when they do just slip it in at the end that you want a lot of money toward education, it's really important to you and you want teachers to be paid more. Awesome. Just slip that in. Yeah, ab absolutely. And again, you can do that really easily with fivecalls.org. 
folks, or you can just download on your phone. You literally just read what's on screen, just mash your fingers against a button. Um, or you can check out the town hall project and see when your representative uh, is having a town hall or if they haven't. Um, and you can go to it and talk to them in person. It's amazing. Yeah. Take, take some action. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's do it. Let's get to it. We got a little, uh, little lightning round of questions, Diana. Oof, that's cool. Oof. Kind of. Yes. Sort of. Kind of. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's my fault. All right, let's just do it. Diana, when was the first time in your life when you realized you had the power of change or the power to do something meaningful? Pretend I'm Oprah. Oh, oh man. Wow. <laughs> first time in my life. I, I'd say the first time I tutored a kid. <laughs> what was it in? Physics. I mean, math. It was math. certainly in math. Yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, what was there? What was the challenge they were having? Oh, that's a good. God, I don't remember that. I, the first time I tutored kids was in like sixth grade. So oh boy, okay. Starting early. It might have been <laughs> me, but there was uh, <laughs> there was. Um, well, I guess what what was it about? Did you just see that you made that kid better and smarter and understand it better? Or? Yeah, I think I think it was like you know I I loved tutoring so much because I was like, okay, this kid is struggling. They don't have that much of an interest. I can one be enthusiastic to show them somebody who's interested Mm -hmm. um, and get them, you know, enthusiasm is pretty contagious. So Mm -hmm. that helps. And two, you know, by the end of it, like they're able to do these problems in a way that they never could just by having somebody who one-on-one cared enough to make sure that they could sit through and do a problem all the way through by themselves. That's awesome. We should also note that there's a lot of other contagious stuff, too, that's not good. And if you tutor enough kids, you could make someone that helps to solve those things. So everything comes around. Diana, who is someone in your life that's positively impacted your work in the past six months? Oh, man. Um, I'm going to say Simone Yetch. She's the queen of shitty robots. Uh, awesome. Oh, wait, oh. she just had the, the brain surgery, right? Yeah. She's incredible. <laughs> I mean, for so many reasons. Both yeah, what she does, similar to you, but also what she's going through and the way she's documenting it. I know. And she's just, she's just, she's one of my best friends. And we, oh, like, awesome. I feel like she's younger than me, but has been sort of that female role model that I never had for things outside of, of science, for things mm-hmm. that are like, like how to deal with women's issues in a, in a graceful yet hilarious way. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, she inspires the hell out of me. Uh, we'll definitely put that in the show notes. And we're thinking about her and her recovery as well. Yeah, she's um, doing well. That's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, you talked a bit before about how where you do not consume the news, but uh, how do you consume the news? Where specifically? Where can we point people? <laughs> I don't much anymore. <laughs> but yeah. um, I'd say... I mean, there's like Scientific American and physics news, and I, I consume a lot of like university news. Mm-hmm. Like oh. uh, as far as science news goes, like like university press is really cool. So like MIT and Harvard uh, and Stanford, sort of their scientific announcements, the big announcements that come out from there are always really good. They're well written, they're short, and they're they're usually really interesting things that are coming out of universities. Awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. I didn't even think. Uh, nobody's answered that yet. I like that a lot. <laughs> Makes uh, me sound smarter than, than you I sound am. so I, I smart. <laughs> it's very intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> I don't go there that often. Not, I'm not going to pretend too hard. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, next question. If you could Amazon Prime one book to Donald Trump, what would it be? <laughs> oh, good question. 
anything. We've had mm-hmm. a huge variety of, of wonderful answers. And so, you know, basically we've made an Amazon uh, wish list and uh, it's public and you can, folks can go there and they have, uh, you can click on a book and it just sends it via Amazon Prime to the White House. So <laughs> I was going to say Harry Potter. Yes! They're like, <laughs> they're like yeah. very, very simple lessons of kindness. <laughs> they even have <laughs> illustrated <laughs> ones now. <laughs> the difference between good and evil. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh my Man, God. Good. Nobody has said, has anybody said <laughs> Harry Potter? I don't think no, so. No, no, I don't think so. That's crazy. <laughs> my sister's gonna be so excited i love harry potter <laughs> i didn't i i am a huge tolkien nerd uh and so mm-hmm. i just totally refused to read harry potter first because i was like it's for babies and she's like you're an idiot which is fair uh <laughs> and then finally as is usual she just totally guilted me into it by buying me all of them for christmas whatever 10 nice. 12 years ago and would just looked at me with these puppy dog eyes i was like oh fine of course and then i read them all in like three fucking days because they're amazing <laughs> I live like I, a, I, I, li- I live like a mile from the Harry Potter world in Los Angeles. Uh, oh wow! Okay. It's amazing. I dress up all the time. It's pretty great. <laughs> I dress up so, with or without the kids. Uh, look, we don't have Either to get one. into that. Okay, that's uh, <laughs> this isn't about them. All right, this has been great. Um, hey, so where, great. Where can our listeners find you uh, online? Ah, they, there's sort of uh, all over the place with the social medias, but okay. youtube.com slash physics girl is okay. the easiest way. Yeah. And then I'm on, you know, Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and stuff with other science stuff um, at the physics girl for the rest of the stuff. Gotcha. The. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, man, thank you so much for your time today, Diana, and for all that you do. And we'll keep on doing. Uh, we need you to keep kicking ass out there. So please, please do that if you could. Yes, please. I, I appreciate the encouragement. It's yeah. been fun. Well, we're and fully for, depending you, on you. So you, it's, you it's encouragement, but yeah. like groveling too. <laughs> no pressure. Yeah, no pressure. I have so many videos to watch now on, on Physics Girl on YouTube. Awesome. And then show them to all the kids that you know oh, yes. and, you, <laughs> and you cross in your lives. Uh, awesome. So awesome. Brian knows a lot of kids. Um, all right, Diana, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. <laughs> I just like kids. All right. Let's let her go, Brian. <laughs> let it go. Oh, yeah. Right, right. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much, All guys. Right. See you. Thank you. Bye, Dana. Have an awesome one. Ciao. See ya. Bye. You too. Thanks to our incredible guest today. And thanks to all of you for tuning in. We hope this episode has made your commute or awesome workout or dishwashing or fucking dog walking late at night that much more pleasant. As a reminder, please subscribe to our free email newsletter at importantnotimportant.com. It is all the news most vital to our survival as a species. And you can follow us all over the internet. You can find us on Twitter at importantnotimp. Just so weird. Also on Facebook and Instagram at Important Not Important, Pinterest and Tumblr, the same thing. So check us out, follow us, share us, like us, you know the deal. And please subscribe to our show wherever you listen to things like this. And if you're really fucking awesome, rate us on Apple Podcasts. Keep the lights on. Thanks. Please. And you can find the show notes from today right in your little podcast player and at our website, importantnotimportant.com. Thanks to the very awesome Tim Blaine for our jamming music, to all of you for listening, and finally... Most importantly, to our moms for making us. Have a great day. Thanks, guys. Thanks.